Welcome to Asked and Answered, the podcast series that answers all your missions-related questions. With me in the studio today are Ron and Karis Pierce. Welcome back, guys. How are you? Good, Joy. Great. Good. Okay. My question today, well, it's about stress, worry, fear. I know that here in North America, we have um, daily worries that go through you know, people's minds. My question is, how do the national church planting workers overseas in the spiritual hotspots, how do these workers, are they inundated with fear and stress and worry? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And no. <laughs> um, oh. uh, it's, it's, it's not quite that easy to answer that question. Let's back up for a second here and look at the conditions over there. Their conditions are, um, uh, uh, it, it changes with every country. But many times the church planters are facing persecution or surveillance or threats or something, either from governments that are hostile or religions that are hostile. But this is nothing new. There are very few countries that this just popped up a year ago. This has been a lifetime of, of, of developments in this regard, and it's going back generations. So now you're dealing with, with a, a um, a church planter who's probably whose parents and grandparents and everyone else have lived under this situation for so long, they've learned to look at it as normal. Over here, we determine what normal is in a total different way. Over here, our normal is absolutely no pushback, no persecution, right. no problems. We're we're talking about flat line. <laughs> Um, issues here of if anything goes wrong, we are just thrown into both confusion, anxiety, fear, what's going to happen next? The stars are falling right. out of the sky and everything like that. Over there, they're used to the stars falling out of the sky. <laughs> they're used to all the problems that you can ever imagine. So therefore, in that context, let's talk about what they go through. Um, they... And, and every country is different. So I'm going to generalize on this. So somebody's going to probably listen to this and say, oh, Ron, that's not the way it is in that country. Well, right. no, this is a broad generalization. Um, in countries where the severe pushback, persecution, resistance to the gospel, etc., what happens is, is that they grow up knowing that they're going to have to pay a price. In China, they call it, we, um, it's the way of the cross. We walk the way of the cross. Right. And that means that they are anticipating, not hoping for, but anticipating anything to be thrown at them. And at the end of that event, that crisis, that uh, experience, they look back on it and say, God was with me through the whole thing. So they're encouraging one another. They are expecting resistance. They're deep into the word. The Spirit of God gives them peace supernaturally when it comes time. Well, that's interesting because I was going to just say, it's not like they're supernatural beings that never have fear. Oh, no. So when they're th- when if a Chinese believer is thrown in jail and arrested, yes. they're obviously going to have some trepidation. Yeah. But it's the Holy Spirit that comes along. Yeah. They, they, I've heard every story under the sun mm-hmm. as to how things develop with these national pastors in prisons and situation. Sometimes um, God comes for a moment. Sometimes God gives peace. God sometimes um, gets rid of the torturer. Um, <laughs> uh, there's all sorts of answers to prayer. There's all sorts of 
ways the Spirit of God comes upon a person to give them peace in the situation. Sometimes they just are very scared, and they hold on tight, and they make it through. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it hurts an awful lot because there is no answer, and they just suffer through whatever that persecution is. So there's no simple answer to this except, all right, now this is where we're, we've, we've got rid of all of the other if ands, and buts. It comes down to this. In all these countries over the years that I've heard of persecution or worry and anxiety, it is really based upon um, how they handle that anxiety is based upon their depth in the Lord, their experience with God, their knowledge of the Word of God, their absolute maturity in life, and in walking with the Lord. So, for instance, um, um, I go back to this because this is sort of like my all-time hero. Um, um, he was he was a brother in China um, who went through much persecution for twenty years in prison or something like that. Uh, Pastor Lamb, Sam Lamb. Okay. Sam went through more probably than anybody that I know of. Maybe Panda in in China was the same sort of thing. But Sam Lamb was always there to give me guidance as to how they are feeling, how they are reacting. And he used to talk about the fact all the time that, oh, yeah, I was in prison. We did this. We did this. He didn't speak lightly of it. Mm -hmm. He didn't, um, in a cavalier attitude, say, oh, it was nothing. No, it was serious. It was awful. But at the same time, I grew through it. And that is the deal over here that we have not learned how to handle yet, how to grow through difficulties. We react to difficulties. We don't grow through them. The other thing that's interesting is they almost prepare themselves for it by memorizing Scripture, by by doing things so that when they're put in these situations, they have something to fall back on. They repeat Scripture over and over again. They have it in their hearts so that it's not just a case of, oh, no, what am I going to do? You know, there's a little bit of a preparation for whatever comes. I remember, Care, um, years ago, we walked into this underground Bible school, and we had interrupted them in their class. And I would say there would be about uh, 30 or 40 in this class. And these were all young people ready to go out into ministry, starting churches and everything like that. We walked in, and uh, I remember our um, leader who was there. Um, I won't give you any names, but our leader that was there um, asked uh, what they were studying. And they basically said, oh, we're talking about today Persecution 101. <laughs> uh, in other words, they were training them as to what to expect in prison, in life, in everything like that. They were, they'd had a class on it. So there's not going to be any surprises. Oh, no. They know what they're getting into. 99% of the time, there's no surprises. (laughs) But there's always something that pops up. Um, And then they get back to to go back and tell everybody, oh, this is the new one that they're throwing at (laughs) us now. So it's not just a physical persecution, but this spiritual adversity. And this is where the person maybe faces um, spiritual warfare in in a way that we've never even imagined. And I don't want to go into the spiritual warfare thing um, because it's it's very broad and a long road. But let me put it to you this way, that this is more than just suffering a person beating you up. 
This is all the emotions, all the spiritual questions, everything. And it is similar, I was told, in many regards to what Jesus went through in the temptation in the wilderness. When Satan came and offered him and um, um, cajoled him and tried to veer him off his path, that, they say, is very, very common, that they are suggestions that come to their mind, their spirits. You don't have to go through this. There's another way. Right. So, therefore, a lot of these guys were talking about how they have to be strong, going back to the whole thing of maturing in Christ. And nothing will overtake them, but something will always prepare them to go through that testing, that trial. So, we've got scripture that backs it up. It's like nothing's going to overpower you, but be prepared, like Kara said. You know, and that's really interesting because uh, a blatant beating— uh, you know, just persecution that's right in your face like that. All of us, solid in our faith, that that would definitely strengthen our faith. You would hope that, oh, I'm being beaten for Christ, okay. But it's the insidious um, suggestions and yeah. the things that get in your mind that would be much, much harder to, um, to counter if oh, yeah. you're not solid Absolutely. in your faith. Well, another thing, too, is the fact that the pride factor— so I got beat up for Jesus. Look at me. Absolutely. And they deal with that in all of the groups around the world, from the Vietnams to the Chinas to the Indias to everything like that. Um, they train them. You do not get puffed up in your spirit really? because you were beaten for Christ. So that's and, the thing they address. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. That's right. why they don't want to talk about it. Like mm-hmm. when we're doing interviews as to what they're going through, uh, in life, right. they absolutely minimize that because they don't want to use this um, as as to puff themselves up or to have pride, right. conceit, sort of like I'm special. No, they are bond servants. This is what is expected. We will go through this. They're looking at the prize, not the journey. Right. And therefore, the prize is souls, and the journey might be rough. So you minimize the journey and you look at the souls. You know, it reminds me of a story I think we have on our podcast of a Chinese woman who fell in love with a pastor, and he asked her to marry her, and she really waited for months to decide because she understood what that meant. Yep. And and she ended up marrying him, yep. and then he got arrested, and she was on the run. Yep. So it, it came true, but she counted the cost, and she did it anyway. I know of a couple that were married— um, who who met in prison, both being um, beaten and tortured, et cetera, the husband more than the, the wife. And they met, we were, in, we were in China. I still remember the situation in a tea house. And they were sitting there talking about their first date. And it was touching each other's fingers through the hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. And wow. they, were, they were meeting and they had to whisper to each other through the wall. There was a little something, girls one side, boys other right. side. And they had an entire courtship while being tortured in prison, shall we say. And uh, I said, so, um, uh, you know, how long were you in there? And I forget. I'd have to check my notes. It was something like a year. So they had a year courtship, touching each other's fingers. Wow. They met in prison. In prison. That was their physical contact, was touching fingers. (laughs) This is a good story. Yeah. And then they got out. They knew the price they were going to have to pay. They were good church planters. They were in the northern part of China, I remember. Yada, yada, yada. Here, the whole story lines up. So I asked them at the end. I said, so um, so how's your marriage? In other words, right. um, over the years, have you been happy? It's, they said they are incredibly happy. And I could see it. Hmm. Now, 
Every culture has a, their, their own way of expressing love within a marriage. Right. All right. Some, it's not. Blatant affection yeah, necessarily, yeah, right. Public, um, <laughs> the PDAs. PDA, yeah. there, there, public displays of affection. Yeah. Um, it's not that there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you could tell by the smiles on their face. You could talk about the the way they talked to one another, the way they sat, the way they reinforced one another, everything like that. Yeah, they had a good marriage. Mm. And it had a rocky start. Right. But in actual fact, it was what their life was going to be like going forward. So yeah. I don't even know how joy I don't even know how you categorize a lot of this stuff. <laughs> well, really it's difficult. It's it's sort of like you live through it mm-hmm. because your passion for Christ and for winning the lost is so great. You do whatever it takes. In that yeah. culture, they've got used to that. You know, there's a word for it. I think it's called grit. And they say that um, people who have grit um, have an ability to get through difficult situations. It's it's a, a way of just coping and getting through. And the grit, the Christian grit, is is backed up by, like you said, oh, yeah. you know, biblical knowledge and prayer and what Kara said, memorization. And so that answers the question of maybe. What do we do? Well, yeah. Um, we're, we're not as mature as we thought we were um, in North America. I might as well just put it on the table right now. I think this was exposed on the COVID situation. We, we, we fell short in many areas. I'm not going to go into details, but in many areas we fell short. And that shows that we've got to grow in Christ before the next event happens. Right. Not the next COVID, but I'm talking about the next thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of pastors that I've talked to in North America have, have said, agreed with me. They said, yeah, we we thought preaching once a Sunday for 25 minutes and topic, uh, talking about a topic was going to take everybody through this these crises. And they most of the guys said, no, it's not. Um, this is, we got to get deeper here. We've got to understand both prayer, worship, Bible teaching, personal devotions, everything like that. We've mm-hmm. got to know these in a deeper form. So I expect over the next five or ten years, there's going to be a real switch in the North American church, in the pastors, what they're going to be doing, the strategies that they employ. I think we're going to be seeing The sermons we might be listening to hopefully would change. Well, yeah. Um, I, I think we're going to have to get deeper faster. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's going to that's going to mean that everybody grows and I'll say this, even pastors. Pastors have to grow past the superficial. Mm-hmm. They have to get deeper. The uh, People in the pews, the adherents, the people coming in, whoever it is, are going to have to realize this is not a game anymore. Around the world, in the persecuted church or the suffering church, or as I call it, the persevering church, mm-hmm. that church knows this is not a game. This is life and death issues. Many people over here have looked at going to church as a hobby, and uh, it's just something you do on Sunday morning. It's not a dedication of their lives, and that's where you go to get reinforced, is to be with the body of Christ and get charged up. No, it's it's more that, well, I'll add it on to my life. Mm -hmm. We've got to stop that. It's the passion overseas to follow Jesus. And passion is is what's lacking, maybe here. And that's how they handle right anxiety. Very interesting stress. Okay, well, thank you. That definitely answered the question. <laughs>